Welcome to Coach Bennett's Podcast, where every run has a purpose, where kindness is hardcore, where this is about running, and this is not about running, where every starting line is a finish line in disguise, where rambling still gets you where you need to be, where pineapple will never ruin your pizza, and the sodas, adult and not adult kind, are always cold, and where there is room on the starting line for everybody. I'm Coach Bennett. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day. Let's get started. You know episode 27 is going to be a strong one because it's called Simple Strength Work That Works for Runners. So it's got to be strong. It's about getting stronger. So we're going to spend, I think, somewhere around 40 minutes talking about some different simple strength work exercises you can do when you're just hanging around the house or the bus stop or outside of an elevator or, I don't know, in your driveway. Really simple things you can do just about anywhere and all you need is a wall or a floor and yourself. That's it. No gear needed. How awesome is that? Because these are simple strength work exercises that work for runners. So let's just get right into the episode, shall we? Because this is one that you've been asking me for. So let's stop delaying and get relaying the message. Welcome to episode 27 of Coach Bennett's podcast. And this one's actually a pivot because this isn't actually what I thought I was going to talk about this week. It's what I am talking about this week because so many of you asked for me to talk about this in the last couple of weeks. And that is really simple strength training to start with. I alluded to this, um, I believe, on Coach Bennett's newsletter and then also on one of the recent podcasts. And I think I even may have asked the question of, like, do you want some videos or more information on this? And then next thing you know, um, a lot of you actually reached out, which is great. I had forgotten that I said that. So I was like, what is this about? And then finally, a couple of you mentioned, hey, since you asked, yes, we would we would like this. And I thought, you know what, if I don't do it this week, I'm just going to get more responses from all of you saying, buddy, we asked, deliver. So I figured we'll just do it now. And the cool thing is, this doesn't even need to be that long of an episode. And I can cover a lot. And you can immediately start doing all of this stuff because nothing I'm going to tell you to do to start with when it comes to strength training involves going to a gym or buying gear. That's one of the best parts about running so much of what you need to do foundationally and consistently and happen to coexist with the beginning of starting. You don't need much, which is awesome. So we're going to jump right into it. And I'm going to tell you why I think strength training is absolutely fundamental to your running. So if you're not doing strength training, this isn't an uh-oh moment. It's actually an aha, uh-huh, which means everything you're doing, you're doing without strength training. And that means that when you add strength training, things are going to get better. I'm telling you, and I'll tell you why. Strength training makes you stronger. I know it seems bonkers, but strength training does in fact make you stronger. Assuming you're doing the right strength training the right way. It's it's like, does running get you fitter and healthier? Yes. Unless, of course, you run yourself into the ground or you run stupid and you get hurt and then you're not running at all and then you're actually worse off than when you were not running. 
So strength training done the right way will make you stronger. This is the other aspect. Strength training also can serve as almost like insurance with your training. Because if you're just running and you start running more and more as you get fitter, as your endurance starts to build, as your cardio gets better and you start running more minutes or meters or miles, well, that's great. I mean, it means you're improving, you're progressing, but not all of you is progressing the same speed. Not all of you is progressing in the same way. Not all of you is getting fitter or stronger in the same way. And what can happen is you have these like discrepancies between the runner you are and the athlete you are. I think strength training is really about making you a more durable, stronger athlete. And running is about, well, making you a better runner. And if the runner becomes far stronger than the athlete, the running is going to lead you getting hurt. You always want to be stronger than the running you're doing. You always want to be able to take on the running and not be doing something you're not prepared to do. Okay? And the strength training is what's going to allow you to be stronger than the running. That's how I look at it. Now, there are other aspects of strength training that I think are important, but I think that first part where it helps you be stronger than the running you're doing, that's the most important part. Some of the other parts that I love are the fact that you become a more powerful runner and it can show up in like just little ways. Like um, if you can strengthen things like your hip flexors, okay? Now, if they're weak, let's start with that. At some point in your run, the hip flexors basically start in your butt and they, they wrap around into your into your hip and your groin and more or less just look at it as it's a part of you that helps lift up your leg. Now, if you've been building up your running, you've been progressing your running and, and you're taking on more volume, but you're not strengthening your hip flexors, those hip flexors are, yeah, they're a little stronger than they were at the beginning, but they probably haven't kept up with the running you're doing, which means towards the end of your runs, especially your longer runs or, or maybe of high volume a couple days in a row, those hip flexors aren't able to keep up with you. So they're not lifting the legs up as much as, let's say, they were at the beginning of the run or yesterday or the day before, but you've done a couple of days in a row. They're fatigued. They're not doing their job to 100%. As a result, your knee lift is not as high as it was at the beginning of the run or a few days earlier, which means your stride is probably going to be shorter than it normally is, which means you don't have as much power and lift off as you normally would. So the speed is going to suffer. The stride length is going to suffer. What's eventually going to happen prior to your hip flexors getting strained is you're going to be wondering, like, I, I don't know why I feel fine cardio-wise, but it feels like the pace is slowing down or the pace is slowing down or I just feel like I don't have that pop. Well, part of it is just your hip flexors are like, yo, buddy, like it's great that you've gone from, you know, running 500 meters on day one to 5,000 meters on day 30 to 15,000 meters on day 90, but I'm still back like 20 days in. Um, You've done nothing for me. Like, all you ask me to do is work, but you don't get me any stronger. You're not giving me the tools to become more powerful, to be able to, you know, keep pace with you. So we want to find those areas that are, you know, predominantly running specific and strengthen them 
So they are always capable of taking on the run that we're about to do. Also, we want to find those areas that are going to need a little extra help because we know they're going to be shouldering more of the burden on a run. We know that there are certain areas that may pop up as like, ooh, I'm having issues here, but really it's because of, of issues in another place. So and all this stuff we can do through strength training. And now I feel like I'm rambling a little bit and saying the same thing over and over again. So we're just going to get into a few of the things. And now I would imagine if you're consistently doing strength training, great. So this is an episode for you as well, because maybe there's some things in here that you're not doing. And like I said, you don't need any additional gear to start doing. If you're brand new to strength training, all of these you can do today or tomorrow or the day after. You can sprinkle them throughout your week of training, how your you know schedule allows you to. The other thing is you can just do them when you want, wherever you are. Like some of this stuff, if you're waiting for an elevator, you can do. And if no one's around, great. And if people are around, they can get over it. Or during a commercial break while you're watching TV, you can do something like this. Or you're waiting for the microwave to finish. You can do some of these things. You don't have to be in like an open space with, you know, music on and, uh, you know, a certain kind of lights and surrounded by mirrors. Like I do half this stuff like in my kitchen while I'm cooking dinner. Because that's just, I, it, I'm suddenly like, ooh, you know what I could do right now? A flamingo. And then I do a flamingo. And you're probably like, what in the world is a flamingo? We'll get to it. Don't worry about it. Or if I'm going downstairs and I have to go grab like the laundry or something like that, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get on the floor and do a pretzel rod. And you're probably like, what in the world is a pretzel rod? We'll get to it. We'll do it all. Relax. We got the time. So let's start with some of the basic things. So if we were first working together. Okay, one of the things that we would do, like if you came to like an event I did and, you know, we would do a warm up and then we'd come back and I'd say, all right, we're, we're going to do some stretching. Now, this is the cool thing about stretching. There's a lot happening when you stretch that you may not realize, which is what always actually it's like a, a thing that bothers me when I see athletes not taking their stretching seriously. It doesn't mean you have to be serious to take something seriously. It just means you have to at least do it the right way. Attempt to do it the right way and you're gonna get these great benefits from stretching. So I'll tell you what happens when you're stretching. Oh, by the way, don't confuse straining and stretching. When you're stretching, when you're doing dynamic stretches, you should never be straining. That's like old school stretching mentality from like the 80s. Like I'm gonna go up against a tree and I'm gonna stretch my calf until I almost pass out. Like. No, no, you don't need to do that. That's ridiculous. But here's a couple of things to think about. Like most people know kind of like a knee hug. So you take, let's say every third step, you lift up um, your leg. So we'll start with our left leg. You have from the waist up, good running form. So slight lean forward. Um, the chest is broad. The shoulders are down and relaxed. And you bring one knee to your chest, not your chest to your knee, your knee to your chest. And as you do so, you're bringing it in by holding your knee with both hands, bringing your knee to your chest, and then you come up on one of your toes, right? Okay. Well, if you do this smoothly and in control, you're also asking your body to maintain balance because without it, you kind of have to rush through it and you're going to fall forward. But there should be a moment where you're bringing that knee to your chest, where you bring it up, you come up on your toes. So if you're bringing your left 
knee to your chest. You're coming up on your right toes, and it should look remotely graceful, but you're not out of control. That's going to demand some balance. And one of the best things you can do when you're first doing this, because if you do every third step, you're going to be alternating legs. So you, you keep walking forward, and then you're going to bring your right leg, your right knee, I should say, to your chest. Repeat the motion. Three steps later, you're doing your left leg. And you do this maybe five times for each leg. And you're popping up on your toes too because that's going to be activating your calves, waking up your calves. Like, hey, we're, we're doing something here. We're not sitting in the car. We're not sitting in class. We're actually running now. So by focusing on the form here, especially waist up, shoulders down, bringing that knee to the chest, gracefully launching ourselves up off our toes, you're demanding to maintain some semblance of balance. It takes strength to maintain balance. This is about running and this is not about running. Anyway, but while we're doing the stretching exercises, I'm always asking the athletes to also work on their balance. So one of the things we may do is this exercise, but not walking. We'll stand still, make sure our form is good from the waist up, shoulders down, slightly forward, we will then raise that leg slowly, bring that knee to where we're now grasping it with both hands and bring that knee to our chest. As we bring it to our chest, we will push off our feet and then come down. And I'll say, now try to maintain your balance. Or a starter for this might be, do it. Don't, don't come up on your toes. Just stand there holding your knee up against your chest for three or five seconds. That's it then do the other leg. And what you're gonna notice is that lower leg is gonna shake a little bit, especially if you're um, a little limited in how much balance you have. That's okay. Embrace that, that weakness, embrace it. Because I'll tell you what, it's an opportunity to strengthen that weakness. And if you can strengthen that weakness, boom, you just became a better runner. And I have a whole series of stretches that I can actually go through. This may be best for a video for those. And if you're interested in that, which I'm sure many of you will be because it's it's, an opportunity to learn some of the stretches. Um, I can show you how to do them and how it each one in its own unique way is demanding an element of balance, which is great. So stretching is is an easy way. If you're already running, stretching before, let's say a speed workout, a fart like tempo, uh, intervals, using that time that you're already dedicating to stretching. Also in your head, so you're not just stretching, you're also working on your balance. Working on your balance is a form of strength training. I always like to look at things that we're already doing and take advantage of those first rather than to ask you to keep adding things on. Like if you wake up in the morning and you're like, I always you know, make a cup of coffee. It's like, okay, well, before the cup of coffee, since you're already making the cup of coffee, while you're making the cup of coffee, have a glass of water. You know, like just you're there. You're not doing anything. You're obviously near the water because you need water to make the coffee. Just have a glass of water while you're waiting. So it's, it's just becoming like this part of, I'm using these five minutes. I don't need a sixth minute to do this. It's a part of my routine. So when you're stretching, if you're going to dedicate 10 minutes to stretching, in your head, really focus on the fact that if I can work on my balance while I'm doing my stretching, I'm doing two things. I'm becoming stronger, and I'm also physically and mentally preparing for the workout with my stretching really cool, I think. Another thing that's really easy to do, and I think it's like the first form of strength training that I think you should really work on, 
because it's also not taxing your legs. So if this is something you're introducing, you got to remember if you're introducing strength training, it's another stress. And it doesn't have to be a negative stress, but it's a stress. It's another effort that you're throwing in there. So you have to be aware of that and give yourself the ability to ease these things into your schedule, into your routine. So the form of strength training I like to start with with my athletes is just core work, is strengthening your core because that's not going to add another stress on your legs. That's not going to post-run, pre-run really affect the level of effort you can give. So I don't want to be adding something in too quickly or too much of that's also going to make the run a little bit harder. But core work is something you can work on, and there's so many different ways you can work on your core. Obviously, there's lots of different ways, like with a plank. A plank is a great one. You can do a plank where you're on your elbows. You can do a plank where you're doing more or less a push-up position before you drop down. Doing a plank the right way is important. Remember, it's not a warped plank of wood. It's a plank. It's also not like a roller coaster. You're supposed to be just a plank, which is not the easiest thing to do, which is why a mirror can come in handy or just have someone around. Because as you get later into a plank, the tendency is to kind of get into bad form to maintain the plank, but you're not maintaining the plank if your form drops. And that's going to show in a couple of different uh, ways. One would be um, your, 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 basically your belly button dropping to the floor and causing like a bowl shape in your back. You don't want that. Or you're going to be arching your back because it's just easier to do to bring your back into this and start arching it rather than focusing on your core. Another way would be the opposite, which is you start arching your back. And again, this is you trying to deal with the fact that, oh, my abdominal muscles are getting tired, but I want to keep my plank. From a coaching perspective, I would much rather you stop the plank than continue to do a plank with bad form. You're, you're not going to get the benefit you want if your back starts to drop or it starts to arch. We're just doing something else. And it's also really good to not be doing the wrong form and in your head thinking, I just did a 60-second plank. Well, you did a 20-second plank. And then you, you turned yourself into like a human pyramid. And that's not a plank. But you're giving yourself credit for a minute, which means you're making it harder for you to find progression. I would much rather you be only be able to do a 10-second or 15-second plank the right way than a 60-second plank the wrong way. This also allows us to experience more success because two days later when you come back and you do a 20-second plank the right way, we get to say, look at that, 48 hours. You've already doubled how long you can do a plank the right way. So remember, when it's coming to strength training, technique is really important. And it's not because I want you to look cool. I don't want you to get hurt. And you can get hurt doing anything the wrong way. Okay, so it's not like it has to be perfect, but it can't be done in a way that's going to cause you to get hurt. Remember what I said early on, I thought one of the best reasons why you strength train is for the insurance that it brings by making you a more durable athlete. And by durable, I mean less likely to get hurt. So it's kind of silly to be doing something that's supposed to increase the likelihood of you staying healthy and get hurt while you're doing it right? Great. Okay. Some other things with core work that I think are great. 
All right, I call these pretzel rods. You lie flat on the floor, all right, your hands at your side. You basically look like a pretzel rod or a pencil, but I like pretzel rods. So you just lie down. Your heels are on the ground. What I want you to do is raise your heels, both heels, about an inch off the ground. Everything else is flat on the ground. Your heels are just an inch off the ground. You're very slowly going to bring them to 90 degrees. Hold and then bring them back down to an inch off the ground. You're going to do this and you're gonna be focusing on making sure those abdominal muscles, your core is engaged. This isn't easy. Find out how many you can do without your legs starting to bend or your back coming off the floor. Once either of those things happen, stop. You know how many you can do. You can go through some other strength exercises, not core related, and then come back and see if you can just match what you did. But these are the things you're going to want to write down in a journal or your running log because, again, this is another thing that you can measure progression with. But pretzel rods are a great way to build strength in your core. Another one for your core are bicycles. So this is a lot like a sit-up, but this is the sit-up where you have one leg that comes straight out. This is the one where you have one leg that shoots straight out. You're going to keep that leg about an inch off the ground while the opposite knee is coming to your chest and you're having the opposite elbow touch that opposite knee. And then you straighten out the leg that's at your chest while bringing in the straight leg to your chest. And obviously that knee is going to get touched by the opposite elbow. I call these bicycles. Again, the visual is going to be a lot easier to follow than the audio. But to me... Out of all of the core exercises, bicycles are my favorite. Bicycles are my favorite because you can, you can um, make this a tougher exercise by how many you want to do or how slow you want to do them. You can do a little bit of both. So bicycles, I think, are they're my favorite. I love them. I mean, basic sit-ups are good too. I can show you a good way to do sit-ups. But for me, bicycles, oof, married with pretzel rods, you know, kind of running around town with the planks, the different types of planks, because you can do side planks, you can do planks where there's even some movement, and then coming back to stationary, that's going to cause some more demands. So there's a whole bunch of different planks I can show you. But core work is a really great starter strength exercise for you to get into, because you're not asking your legs to do more than they're already doing. You're saying, here's a part of our body, the core, that midsection, that, that is so important to running, especially as you get fatigued and how it helps with your form and maintaining form maintains efficiency and maintaining efficiency maintains effort, or I should say mitigates the amount of effort that you're asking yourself to do or wasted effort that you're making yourself to because your form is starting to break down. Because when your form starts to break down, it takes more energy just to do what you were doing before with that more efficient form. So core is something that kind of keeps it all together. I've used the example of the Big Lebowski's rug that kind of ties the room together. Yeah, core kind of ties your strength Core kind of ties your form together, all right? Anyway, so core is a good one. I'm going to give you a couple other things that are simple. We're going to move to like um, a couple exercises that don't need anything other than the floor and you. And with these, it's just balancing exercises. I love balancing exercises. I think balancing exercises are fantastic. And I think if you can work on your balance, if you could become great at having great balance, 
you're going to become a better runner for so many different reasons, not just because of focus and discipline, but it's because so much of what is involved in maintaining your balance are problem areas. And a lot of it is lower leg stuff. So flamingos are something that I'm always asking new runners to do. And I'm always asking runners that are having lower leg issues to do. And I'm always asking runners that don't do strength training to do. I'm basically asking everybody to do flamingos. Now, what is a flamingo? You stand up and you bring one leg up, basically so that knee is in line with your waist, okay? You're basically like your chest to your waist to that raised leg is like an L, okay? With your leg hanging down from the knee and your foot dorsiflex. So I just want you to be balancing on one leg. We'll just balance on our right leg. Lift up your left leg so the knee is in line with your waist. Dorsiflex your foot. Make sure from the waist up it's proper running form slightly lean forward, looking straight ahead. Maintain that balance. And if you're really good, fantastic. If you notice that lower leg start to shake, fantastic. It means that your lower leg is trying to stabilize. It's working. There are muscles down there that don't get used during a run as much as they should that are trying to maintain balance. But if they're all stronger, they're going to help stabilize you every time you land, every time you take off. They're going to be stronger, which means they're more durable, which means it's going to be harder for you to get hurt. Having those areas that maybe running isn't working as much as it should, you can work after the run or before the run, okay? Running isn't going to do everything. And the way to get better at running is a lot more than just running. So here's one example of that. Now, if you're already great at the flamingo, good for you. Here's a way to make it more difficult. Close your eyes. Oh, yeah. That's right. Bring that knee up. Get it in line with your waist. Dorsiflex your foot. Get in proper running form from the waist up. You can even have your arms set as if you're in stride. And then close your eyes. Oh, it's a little bit harder now. If you want to take it an even step further, have a friend or teammate or family member talk to you as they walk around you. That's going to try to throw you off. It's going to try to take you off balance. That's going to be hard. Another one is if you have a, a teammate or friend or family member that wants to do this with you, you both can be in the flamingo set and have a tennis ball and have catch. Throw it a little bit low, throw it high. And once you throw it a little low, you got to bend over and get it while you're on one leg and then get back to flamingo form, then throw it to them. And this is going to force you to, again, move on one leg and then come back to form by maintaining your balance, stabilizing, getting set, and then doing that. So have like a little throw for a minute and then do the opposite leg. Those are flamingos. I love flamingos. I'm a big fan of flamingos. And there's other, other exercises, by the way, that you can do that are really um, the headline is for something else, but involve great balance. I see this happen quite a bit um, with with athletes when they do lunges. They kind of rush through lunges, and one of the reasons why they rush through lunges is because they don't have great balance. A lunge is really difficult for a number of reasons. One, to do it correctly, you got to get in the right form. You don't want that knee leading your ankle when you get down to do a lunge, which is why I like to do. Um, backward lunges so a step back because it's much easier to get in the right position it's it's more rare to have that uh, front knee lead that front ankle by a lot because if you do that it's a lot of stress on that knee not as much on the quad and you want it 
on the quad. So when you take a step back or a step forward, make sure one, you're in the right position and then maintain your balance. Don't leave the position. What I like to do is get in position, put both hands on my quad so I can feel it engaged and kind of be like, ooh, baby, yeah, that's working. And then I will stand up and then I will do the lunge on the other leg. I will make sure I'm in position. I'll feel the quad, give myself a little squeeze, say, oh, baby, and then do another one. But most importantly is maintaining that balance, getting into the right position and maintaining my balance. Because without that balance, I can't do the lunge. And that's why so many people do these really fast lunges because they can't maintain their balance. And what they should be thinking about is there are two components to this. I'm going to be working on my balance and then I'm going to do the lunge. And if I can nail both those things, I'm getting stronger in a couple of different ways. Lunges, by the way, are so good for you. So, so good for you. Those quads, those four muscles, they help stabilize the knee. A lot of people have knee issues, not because of the knee. It's because the quad just says, I'm done too. I'm tired. It's like the hip flexor. Like, you didn't help me. Like, what do you want me to do? The quad can be like that too. Same thing with hips. Fire hydrants are a great exercise. You just imagine that you're a dog on all fours about to take a leak on a fire hydrant. Very gently bring that leg up where you have your knee suddenly parallel to the ground and then slowly bring it back. Another one that's probably better as a visual because the one I'm giving is it might make no sense, but that's okay. I call them fire hydrants. If you can strengthen your hips and your quads, if you can maintain that strength and even help them get stronger as you're running, gets higher in volume, more intense, more consistent, you're going to lessen the possibility of injury, which is great. Because what happens is as you get fatigued, and again, if your hips are weak, if your hip flexors are weak, if your quads are weak, all of these things can't keep going. So they have to stop doing all of their job. And when they're not doing all of their job, something has to give. And usually you get away with a number of Ks, a number of miles, a number of days, a number of weeks where they're not doing their job until they say, I quit. And that's where something gets strained or pulled. And that's where athletes get hurt. It's not so much an overuse injury. It's really a lack of strength that leads to overuse. But if you're strong enough, you're going to be able to handle it. Okay, I've got a couple more because, again, I don't want to overwhelm you with like some first things to do. But I think all of these are pretty simple and pretty easy, hopefully self-explanatory. But again, if you want videos of these, I can do videos of these. Um, our hamstr hamstrings, another one. So if you do want videos of these, we'll, we'll make it happen. All right, your hamstrings. Your hamstrings are just lazy. Like no offense to all of you hamstring fans, but they're lazy. They don't do very much. And they really don't do very much unless we're really actively using them like on a run, which is why we have to do more because they're not gonna do anything on their own. So an easy one to do with the hamstring is you just stand up nice and straight, slightly and forward, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna balance on our left leg, we're gonna slowly straight right leg bring it back, just back, okay? And not very far, and again, I'll do a video for this too if you want. What's gonna happen is, is you're bringing that right leg back maintaining it being straight, you're going to notice as you do this slowly, put your hand back in your hamstring, your hamstring is getting engaged. Put your hand on your butt and you're going to notice, ooh, that right butt cheek is locked. Fantastic. So give your butt a little squeeze. Thank, thank your butt for being a great butt. And then take that full step back. That's it. And then you're going to do the other leg. 
Okay, so now we're balancing on our right leg. Our left leg is straight and going back and up. And it's probably only going to be about 30 degrees. You're going to feel your hamstring. It's engaged. You're going to clench your left butt cheek. Oh, it's rock hard. And then you're going to take a step back. It does not take much to strengthen your hamstrings because your hamstrings aren't that strong. Okay, sorry, it's true. So if you're doing five step backs on the left leg and five on the right, total of 10, and you're doing this a couple of days a week, especially early on, that's all you need to do. That's really, really good. And what you can marry that with is some step back lunges or even a wall sit. Yeah, we're talking old school wall sits. They work, they're good. All you need is a wall and a floor, and now you can do a wall sit, and it's great for your quads. So you want to be doing some of these things kind of in tandem. If you have stairs or a curb, you can do some calf raises. And what I like to do with calf raises is, yes, work on my balance, but also do one leg at a time. So I'll get the um, front half of my foot. will be balancing on a step. I'll be on one leg. And what I'll do is I'm at neutral, which means my heel is in line with the step. I'll go positive, which means I'm pushing up and off the step. So my heel is raised. Then I will slowly go back down to neutral. So my heel is in line with the step. And then I will go negative, which means I'll drop my heel below the stair. And then I will slowly bring it back to neutral. And I'll do 10 of those on each calf to start with. Again, doesn't have to be much when you've been doing nothing. And if you've been doing something, it's similar to running. There are no big jumps in training. It's about consistency. And over time, you get big jumps. But it isn't a big jump. So you always got to be careful when you're adding anything new or taking on anything new or starting something new. Be patient. Patience is always a good thing to work on as a runner. Okay, and another one that you could do, this will, this will be my last one. You, you, can use, you can do steps. If you have a box to step on, you could do that too. Um, or a bench that you can step on. It can't be too high of a step, okay? You gotta be able to get on this step in control, all right? So it would be height-wise the equivalent of maybe two steps on stairs. Ideally, it's like on a, a bench that is stable. That would be ideal, or a box, okay? That can obviously withstand you getting on top of it. But what you wanna do is you wanna step onto the box. We'll say we're gonna step on with our left leg and we're going to get onto the box by driving our right leg up as if we're in running form. So it's kind of like mimicking a stride. We're gonna step up on our left, drive our right leg, get into perfect running form from the waist up. We're now on top of the box. Then we're gonna hold. We're going to hold. Because what we want to do is work on our balance once we've stepped up onto this box or onto this step. Then we're going to very carefully step off the box and do it with the opposite leg. The next step for this would maybe be holding two pound weights in both hands while you do this. Then you can move up to three pounds, then five pounds. I think after that, you don't really need to be doing too much more than that. But initially, what you want to do is no weights and just work on balance, okay? Working on your balance and driving that knee, stepping up on a box, which means you're going to have to push off, drive the quad, drive that leg, maintain balance, get into form, hold that form, hold that form, hold that form, step down. Balance and power, they work together. So these are some like really simple strength exercises, core exercises, 
balancing exercises that you can do to immediately help you become a better runner, a better athlete. Like I've said, it's much easier for a runner to get hurt than an athlete. So be a great athlete who runs. If you can do that, you're going to be able to run consistently. If you can run consistently, that's where you're going to really see the great benefits of running. That's how you're going to be able to get closer to your potential. It's where you're going to see great progression. That's where you're going to have the most fun. If you can get back to the starting line consistently, but the only way to do that is to be healthy. And really the best way to be healthy is to be stronger than the running that you're doing. So look at this as really a list of exercises that you can start right now. You don't have to go to a gym. You can do this at home. You can do this at work. You can do it at the park, the bus stop. It doesn't really matter. These are all things that you can sneak in. It doesn't have to be all at once. You can spread them out over the course of your day. When you find the time, just do them. And it doesn't have to be in this, like I said, serious environment. It can be in any environment. The key is just to get it done and done in a way that is as easy as possible for you to achieve it. So you don't have to set yourself up for failure by saying, I have to join a gym and it's going to have to be at this time or I'm going to have to buy 40 mirrors to do this. No, you don't. Get someone to look at you and say, is my form okay when I'm doing the plank? It is? Fantastic. Can you just watch me for a minute because I feel like my form starts to fall apart and my belly starts to get closer to the floor or I start to arch my back or... When I'm doing a lunge, okay, can I just have another example? I, it's hard for me to tell if my knee is in line with my ankle. These are like little things that you can ask someone for. Or if you do have a mirror, great, use a mirror. Set up your phone and videotape yourself. But just do it and have some fun with it. And just know if you're not good at any of this stuff, that is amazing. Because everything you've accomplished is with you not good at this stuff. And you will get better at this. So just imagine how much better you're going to be when you get better at this. Woo, baby. So I think this is like a part one. I imagine there's going to be multiple parts and hopefully there'll be like companion video pieces to this. This is crazy. So let me know if this is something you would like videos to be a part of and we'll get it done. All right. So there you go. Episode 27 of Coach Bennett's podcast. So thank you for listening. And just to let you know, Mindset Minute will be back next week. It's just that Coach Tammy had dental surgery, so she's not really ready to give you an audio Mindset Minute this week. Maybe we'll have two Mindset Minutes next week. I don't know. We'll figure it out. The point is, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't already subscribed, please subscribe. Come on. Whether it's Spotify or whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, there's a whole bunch of different places. It really does help. Leave a review, especially if it's a great review. Leave a great review. Yeah, even like use words, not just stars. Leave a great review. And let me know if there's something else you would like me to cover on a podcast, okay? keep sending those questions into the mailbag. We're going to dive back into the mailbag next week as well, which I'm so excited about. Make sure you're checking out the information for best runner ever, which is coming in February. That's right. Four week program with coach Tammy and myself, the winter edition of best runner ever. It's going to be amazing. We hope that you can be a part of it. So make sure you're checking all of that good stuff out and make sure you're taking care of yourself and taking care of each other, and I will meet you on your next starting line. 
Thank you so much for listening to Coach Bennett's podcast today. And if you're not already following or subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening, well, I really wish you would because it helps a lot. Also, check out the show notes because you'll find a link to Coach Bennett's newsletter as well as all the social media sites that I'm on. Places like Threads and Facebook and Instagram and Mastodon and YouTube and even the artist formerly known as Twitter, whatever that dumpster fire is called today. You'll find a link to it because I'm on there. Thank you so much again for listening. And until next time, take care of yourself.